We are in Sefer Melachim Beis, Perik Yud Ches, Patsuk Aleph, by Yehi B'Shnash Ben Elah. And so we're about, after all the tragedy and all the exile and all the death, Yud Ches, Perik Yud Ches will introduce sort of a last gasp reign of glory in the Davidic dynasty, in the person of Chizkiah, who is one of the greatest, if not, as some say, the greatest of all the Malachim in the Davidic dynasty. But before we do that, uh, I would be remiss if we just uh, didn't expand slightly on yesterday in Yudzayim, the appearance of a group, one of the strangest, most uh, eclectic, um, enigmatic group of people that ever lived on the land of Eretz Yisrael, what we call the Kutin, the Kusians, or because they lived in Shomron, they are later called the Samaritans. As we learned, uh, Sancheru, the king of Asher, had this technique of called Mivalbeo Ha'amin. He made a conquest, he would take those indigenous people and put them in a country or the far reaches of his empire that would eliminate any chance of coalescing and regrouping and forming a national redemption group. At the same time, he would take the other people that he conquered in these other lands and move them. One of the places he took people from was Kus, and out of that came the Kusians. The Kusians were a pagan group, but when they got to Eretz Yisrael after while continuing their total paganism, the Kaddish Baruch Hu decided that he could not allow the land, the land was holy, forget that all the people had been driven from it into exile, he will not abide that the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael be violated. And so what he did was send, as the Tanakh tells us, lions out of nowhere that killed many, many of the Kusin. The Kusin, to their credit, sensed that there's something deeply wrong, and the Medrash tells them that they converted in mosque. This is going to be the root of the problem. They convert in mosque. At the same time, Sancherub very wisely sends a group or maybe even just one Kohen that he had captured back to Eretz Yisrael with the instruction that they are to teach the Kusim Yirat which they do, and it, out of it emanates one of the strangest hybrid religions where you just pick and choose. You take one from column A and one from column B, which is what the Kusin did. Uh, the Navi said yesterday, Es Hashem yes, they learned to fear God, the Es Elohim Ovdu. They continued to observe their pagan gods. So they had certain mitzvahs they undertook and certain they didn't. So this gave rise to just 
hundreds of pages over thousands of years of Talmudic uh, enterprise, what is the status of the Kusim? Are they Jews because of the mass conversion? Some say no. You don't convert, they converted out of fear, out of fear of being devoured by lions. Some say yes, it was a sincere conversion. From this emanates, if, in, if, if you love Talmudic debates, then the Kusim uh, is your you know, mother load of, of learning. There are debates on can a Kusi count to be a Muslim? Can, can a Kusi's truma be uh, taken? Does a Kusi uh, able to marry? And by this, there seems to be a near unanimity that no, that despite us accepting the Kusim in many respects, because what they did, the missives they did undertake, they did very well. And they did very sincerely. But there were a lot of mitzvahs, they were careless. As the Gemara says, Lo, you him. They weren't that fastidious. And so if they didn't have a fastidious sense of arayos and uh, adultery and marriage, then they would, if they allowed them to marry a Jewess, you would be risking mamzeros. Okay, but how are they different from the Bnei Israel? And how are they different, certainly, from the kings? You mean in their religious practice? No, in many ways, they were more sincere. They just either, well, they were different. Their big failure is that they accept Torah Shebetah, the five books of Moses. They accept it. some say you can eat from their carbon Pesach. Um, as we said, Rav Shimon ben Gamliel, who uh, is a big proponent of the Kusim, says, and I quote, Kol mitzvah any mitzvah that they undertook the Kusim, um, they did better than the Jews had, because they were more medoptic. It was only that they didn't take everything. There was some that they rejected. So the Kusim remained an eternal dilemma. Historically, when Menei Yisrael comes back from Bavel with the permission to build the Bayez Shani, the Kusim offered to help. Menei Yisrael rejects it. Out of anger, the Kusim goes to the Babylonian kings, uh, Daryavesh and Koresh, and say they're trying to conspire against you. And so that holds up the temple, we will learn. For two years, they were stopped from continuing to building. Uh, and so the Kusim have a very tortured history after that period. But we are still obsessed with what degree of validity the Kusim have in their practice as it affects us. Can they be counted in a minion? Um, do they have the laws of Tahara and Tumma, uh, etc.? And it goes on and on. So that is the Kusim, a fascinating period in Jewish history where you had a group that sincerely adopted Judaism. At the same time, they kept what they wanted and discarded what they wanted. Over time, did the uh, Kutim 
I mean, are there Jews today that are descendants of Kutim? You bet. There are a group in the northern reaches of Israel centered around Har Grizim that tourists go see because what they do is on Pesach Sheni, they observe Pesach on the first day of Pesach Sheni, sacrifice a, kid, a goat, just like you did in the thing, and it's completely done, the ritual is exactly the same as performed thousands of years before. So yes, there are Samaritans, they're called, uh, that have the exact replica of all those mitzvahs, for example, of Pesach. They're looked upon as a, a, a tourist thing and an oddity, but the ritual is real. So with that, let's go, as we say, to one of the last gasps of glory of Malka Yehuda in the person of Chizkiah. So we start Yudchet Pasukalev, in the third year of the reign of Hosea ben Ela, the corresponding king in Israel, and he was an awful, terrible king, the last king of Israel, uh, Melech Israel, Malach Chizkiah ben Achaz, Melech Yehuda. Chizkiah, the son of Achaz, takes the throne. You've got to wonder at almost a schizophrenic succession of kings surrounding Yehuzkiah. Um who was a tzaddik, whose uh, son turned out to be Ahaz. Ahaz's son turns out to be Chizkiah, a great tzaddik. Chizkiah's son, as we're going to see, is Masha, who is not the worst king of Israel, certainly is up there in, in the final two. So that it's a strange succession. But Chizkiah, there is no doubt. There is no doubt as to his tzaddikis, uh, his righteousness. And we continue, Pasuk Beis, he was 25 years when he ascended the throne. He ruled for 29 years in Yerushalayim. So now, we saw that in all the other kings of recent vintage, it starts with the Yatsara, that all they did. Here, Pasuk Gimel starts by Yatsayoshar. Be'nei Hashem. He does everything righteous in the eyes of the Kodesh Baruch Hu. K'chol asher asa David ovid. Like everything David, his father they call, but his ancestors did. So what did he do? We saw that every king, well-intentioned or not, trips over that question of bummos, the private altars. What does Chizkiah do? Finally, who hasir es habamos, he removes the bamos. Notice, he doesn't destroy them, he removes them, because arguably, as we have learned, that those bamos were built, those private bamos, in a period of permissibility. Therefore, they would arguably have their own kedusha. So you don't destroy them, you just remove them. Vishibar, but he does break physically, it's Hamatsevos, the monument. The Choras is Ashera. He cuts down those Ashera trees. The Chitat Nachas HaNechoshet. He takes that um, snake, Asher Osa Moshe, 
כי עד הימים ההם היו בני אשר מקטרים לו ויתברו לו נחשתם. So there we're talking about that incident in the Torah where בני ישראל sins, the Kodesh Baruch who sends a snake, a mass of snakes that poison them to death, they pray, and so the Kodesh Baruch instructs Moshe, build a copper, a snake of Nechoshet, and Nechoshet uh, would be more, you know, brass or copper, put it on the pole, the children of Israel will look at this snake, and with the proper amount of tshuva in their hearts, will be cured. So that becomes a great relic of the nature, it works, It is supposedly it's on the level of the nana that they say, the mud, or uh, our own staff that grew flowers. But it sort of morphed into an object of adoration. Later, Avodah Zarah. So it became more trouble as a Avodah Zarah than its value as a historical relic. So what he does is he destroys that Nechoshet snake that Moshe made because they are sacrificing the incense to it. And Chizkiah applies the name Nechashton, which is a pejorative. It's brass, it's copper you're worshiping. Don't be silly. And he destroys it. Now, Vashem Elokei Yisrael Batak. We come to the key ingredients in Chizkiah's character. Bitochon. He has one of the most absolute purest bitochon in the Kaddish Baruch Hu. The Acharav lo hayokamohu kechol malchei Yehuda va'asher hayulafonav. No one approached him that came after him. No one even was in his league before him. So that, of course, is going to inspire comment. So what are we, David, Shlomo, what are they talking about? So the Radzak makes the point that it excludes David. Bayotze lamar chutz mi David v'shlomo, says the Radzak. However, Ralbag says no. It is meant literally. It is meant that even with David, and I'm quoting from the Radzak, uh, the Radzak says, Uh, in other words, even David is not in the same grouping. That Chizkio is absolutely the best king of Judea or Israel there ever was. And the Agadasa is filled with his greatness. Let me just do one which shows the exalted level this man was on. It is from Sanhedrin, Zaf. Sadi Dalit Amud Aleph. The Agadah says, "Bikesh Hakadosh Baruch Hu Lasos Chizkiyah Moshiach." Kadosh Baruch Hu wanted to make Chizkiyah the Moshiach. The Sanchev Gogu Magog. We know there has to be a colossal battle between Gog and Magog, and this was going to be the battle. Then Midat Hadin, the angels of justice, said, no, how could you make Chizki your king? David sang all the Tehillim, sang all the Shira to you. Why would you make him uh, king? 
And they fought it. And there are others that fought it the other way. They said, he is the most righteous. He's the most bitachon. And finally, Yotzabatzkov, Omra, heavenly voice comes out. Razi li, Razi li, it is my secret. It is my secret when the Mashiach is to come. And therefore, the Kaddish Baruch Hu decides, I will not make Chizki of the Mashiach. But that's just to show you the exalted level this man was on. And everything he does, he triumphs. Um, everything he does, he's a success. He rebels against Sancheru, refuses to pay him triumph, uh, tribute, and does not have anything to do with him. Who he has pushed him, he conquers, pushed him out Aza again, he makes territorial gains, bullets, borders, and he migdal notes him on ear mitzah, from the smallest watchtower to the highest fortification. Excuse me, fourth year of Chizkiah, which corresponds to the seventh year of Hosea. Melech Yisrael, Olosham, Nenesha, Melech, Hashur, Asomon, Vayotzer, Oleha. He is so we're going back to Israel now for the only purpose to show the contrast in the two countries. They conquer Israel, the ninth year of Hosea, Melech Yisrael, Shomon falls. These are the places he scattered to it. Because they, the children of Israel, did not listen. By Yahweh, as Briso, they transgressed the covenant. As Kol Hashem, Tzibo, Moshe, Ebed, Hashem, below Shomu, below us. They did not do. So tomorrow, we are going to see the battle that's going to form between Sancherim and Sitkiah eventually, but even more about the tremendous reforms Sitkiah made in his reign in Judea. It was truly a golden age, as we're going to see a golden age of Torah, a golden age of worship, a golden age of removing all vestiges of Avodah Zarah, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow, Ad Khan.